1: We're proud to say that Bet DSI have rejoined us once again as one of our keynote sponsors on Three Yards Per Carry. We welcome them, and we welcome you to join up with them. The NFL season obviously kicks off for the weekend. The college football season has just got underway, but it's not just limited to football. The baseball playoffs are coming. Uh, there are a myriad of other sports out there that you can bet on. There's entertainment things, there's politics things at BetDSI.com. They have a great... I've used it myself. I know the boys have used it too. They have a great mobile interface. And you know, this year, you can get 101% match bonus on your first deposit of up to $1,000. That's 101% match bonus on your first deposit of up to $1,000. Use the code YARDS101. As always, YARDS101. Bet DSI for all of your betting needs and other ones that you probably didn't even know existed. Yards 101 with
2: DSI. Welcome to 3 Yards Per Carry, but before we go on with today's episode, let me tell you about a great sponsor of the 3 Yards Per Carry podcast, and that is Nation. If you're looking to buy or sell a vehicle, Nation is where you want to go. They're the largest auto retailer from coast to coast, and the friendly and knowledgeable staff here in South Florida will help you save big on huge selection of new cars, trucks, and SUVs, Toyota, Honda, Chevrolet, Mercedes-Benz, and much, much more. If you're looking to buy pre-owned, shop AutoNation's huge selection of one-priced pre-owned vehicles. They're all clearly marked with one price, their lowest price guaranteed. Or if you just want to get rid of that old car, turn it in for cash today. Get a top dollar offer and check the same day. They'll buy your car with no purchase necessary. Is your check engine light on? Right now, get their services you need at low AutoNation prices. Oil changes, tires, batteries, and more. All for less. Call or visit autonation.com to schedule your appointment today. If you are in the market for a new car, DM us at three yards per carry. That's at the number three yards per carry on Twitter, and I'll give you an Autonation senior manager your info so they can reach out to you directly and walk you through the buying process. Now on with the show.
0: Welcome to three yards per carry a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon.
2: And we're on, and welcome to another edition of 3 Yards for Carry. I'm Alfredo Arteaga. I have Chris Kaufman here with me, but I do not have Simon Clancy, as he is on a plane on the way to Tokyo, that's Japan, to cover the, what is it, the, the World Cup of Rugby? The
3: knockout that- rounds of the World Cup of rugby is what he says.
2: And he's going to Japan. He's on a plane for twenty hours. But I promise He's gonna you- be
3: there for three weeks. Jesus Christ. I know. <laughs> it's gonna be a total time flip for us. Like he was he was what six hours ahead of us or five, six hours ahead of us before. Now yeah, he's now gonna he's be gonna be yeah, we're gonna the be the opposite.
2: Ahead. Yeah, it's gonna be the opposite. Well, you know, I, I can't promise that we'll have him for the next show, but we're gonna try. Trust me when I tell you, we're gonna we're gonna try. Yes, we do want to talk Tua versus Texas A&M. We do want to talk about Joe Burrow. We want to talk about all those things. We want to talk about the future, of course, because this team is not very compelling.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But they played a pretty compelling game on Sunday. Mm. And I felt, and most of us felt, that this was going okay. to be a statement game. And it was not. It was actually a, a statement,
3: statement. A statement that of how bad they are?
2: Yes, and it was oh, okay. not. It was okay. actually a statement on how well, bad very nearly the nearly
3: was. <laughs> Well, yeah. Okay. To be okay. fair, yes.
2: Okay, because I looked at we looked at the roster. We did a full preview last week, and we looked at the roster, and we were like, "How the hell is this team win? You know, winless and terrible." Mm. And you know that team had a look of a you know, I'm not, we're not going to say eight nine wins, but five wins maybe five and eleven type. But no,
3: depending on health and depending on the quarter. I mean, they don't have they don't have a very good quarterback. um, So although Case Keenum did
2: play very well the first three weeks,
3: yeah, he can do that every now and then. But yeah, um, it's it's sort of a I don't know. It's it's like a five or six win team with a three win quarterback. So yeah, uh, so I am a little bit torn there.
2: Yeah, but we watched the game and. You know, it wasn't. You know, we weren't surprised by anything that was happening. I was watching the game, and I, I felt pretty smart as I kept watching the the Redskins just pound us with their running game. Adrian Peterson had 118 yards. Yep. And then, of course, you know, you know, before the game, a master stroke. And I, and in my opinion, at the end of the season, if you look at the the, the standings, and the Dolphins are 0 16, and the Redskins are one and 15. I think you could credit this particular move, and that was Xavier Howard being inactive for the game. Because Absolutely. Lo be- because lo and behold, who actually tore us up on the perimeter was Terry McLaurin. As, as, uh, as I said we, he would um, yep. when, when the I'd news came out. And we both played And by the way, we both we have the Bonafides. Okay, we we both mm-hmm. played them in fantasy football.
3: Yes, we both started Terry McLaurin in fantasy this.
2: Yeah. Now I, I got done in this week by DJ Shark. So. Oh boy. You know. Do that, do, do do Yeah, he's so good, man. DJ Shark is so good, but not do, good do, this week, do, do. and it cost me the game. But sure enough, why do they lose? Well, they lose because they can't stop the run, and because they couldn't cover Terry McLaurin. Well, they could have lost a lot worse, but the coach made a move to the backup quarterback, which probably should be the starting quarterback, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. What did you make of that? How nervous were you when you saw him check into the game? Because I was absolutely terrified.
3: It, it makes you wonder if there's a conflict somewhere. Because, you know, Barry Jackson wrote a an article that was panned this week, um, about a week ago, that said something to – the extent of steve ross may have to step in he may have to step in at some point and say you know you're gonna sit this guy or you're gonna you're gonna do this like before the game and um you, to try and ensure the loss ensure that they get the number one overall pick uh, he kind of he was drawing up a scenario late in the season you know say they are winless and and they're facing a also winless Bengals team or something like that and and you know maybe maybe you've got to sit this guy or this guy or give give rest to to these players and and I think it was panned I think a lot of people are you're being ridiculous Barry and I think a lot of you know Barry Barry's popularity has waned a little bit I love him I love him myself but Barry's popularity has waned a little bit this this year with the tank thing. I think the whole, the whole tanking thing has thrown him off balance. Um, Yeah. You know, and speaking to Barry, he doesn't, you know, am am I, should we be for it? Is this should be, we relentlessly criticizing it. I I feel, I feel similar.
2: Yeah. He's done kind of like a John Kerry where he was for it before he was against it.
3: And- yeah. I mean, but that's, but that's the way it is. Like, you know, you're not, you're not, as a fan, you're not supposed to be built for this. You know, as a player, you're not supposed to be built for this as a coach. You're not supposed to be built for this. And certainly not as a staff or an ownership, you're not supposed to be built for this. So it's throwing everything on its head. And, and, I, can and I can understand, And I can understand if the reversal of polarity is just yeah. totally throwing everybody off balance. and And that's what's happened. Um, but anyway, he brought that up and it's almost like, so I'm looking at the fact that Xavier Howard, he just came off a bye week right? Mm. So he's had two weeks to rest if he has a sore knee, right? And, and, uh, and he practiced all week. He practiced limited, but it was still, he practiced. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's questionable just like, I don't know, like, 11 other or 10 other guys on the, on, the, on the roster are questionable, but he doesn't play. Right. And I'm looking at that, and I'm like, mm, that's, that looks strategic to me because Terry McLaurin was a huge part in what little offense the Redskins, clearly, and anybody, your sister could see that he was a huge part of what, what little offense the, the Redskins could mush, muster in those first three weeks when he was healthy and he was playing, and Terry McLaurin, what is he also? He's, he's an outside receiver. He's an outside receiver. He's not a slot guy. So when we saw Xavier Howard have trouble following Amari Cooper into the slot and covering him, that wasn't going to be an issue. you know. So, so Xavier Howard could have traveled all over the field with uh, Terry McLaurin and potentially just shut him down, a huge part of their offense down completely. And instead they sit Xavier and Howard after two weeks where they could have been resting him if it, you know, to play the game. Instead they, you know, they, they processed him <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and I thought that was really fishy. So there's that. And that is really fishy. I'm I'm going to call it what it is, but then during the game itself, Brian Flores goes on it goes for it on fourth down a bunch of times on you know, doesn't an iron sidekick when Josh Rosen clearly wasn't, I mean, it, the game wasn't out of reach. And, and that was that, that's part of the point. The game was not out of reach. He benched Josh Rosen for Ryan Fitzpatrick in order to try to win the game. <laughs> and, uh, and so, so I, I detect, I, I detect conflict um, you know, the, the actions before the game to sit Xavier and Howard don't match some of the actions during the game. And I wonder about that.
2: Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. As far as the, the game, a lot of people were, were making a lot of, a lot of about you know, benching Josh Rosen. Was that the right thing? It, does it send a mixed message? Let me ask you, does, does it send a mixed message that apparently Brian Flores is saying that Josh Rosen is the starter for the rest of the year? Although mm-hmm. I think he probably got caught in the air by, by saying that he's the starter for the rest of the year. Because you don't you don't know what's going to happen. Like if Rosen right. is absolutely horrific, it's it's well, going to be. I don't, and it doesn't matter. If ride you, or die. If you, it doesn't matter if you're if you're for the tank. But if if Rosen is absolutely horrific, it's going to be really really hard to justify to yeah. keep starting him. You know what I mean? Especially to the well, end. he um,
3: hasn't been good, and they continue to start him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, of course. But does it send a mixed message that? he's absolutely awful in this game and you go right to Fitzpatrick. He plays well. I guess you got to say he played well. He scored two touchdowns inside of a quarter and almost pulled the game out. And then you, the first time you're asked, you say, Josh Rosen's the starter again. Does that send a mixed message to the team? First of all,
3: I think, I think no. And I'm going to take Brian for, you know, I haven't taken their side a lot in this whole thing because I, in some ways, it's ridiculous. In some ways, it's the right thing, and you know, there's there's all kinds of haywire uh, takes on this this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a side on this one and say it's very consistent with what he did with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So so no, it shouldn't be sending mixed messages because recall that when he had Ryan Fitzpatrick um, in the game, I believe he pulled him for you know when he was ineffective he pulled him for Josh Rosen a couple of times yeah. right so um so this was not new if if what you're doing with your starting quarterback in the game just wasn't working and he's he's performing poorly then you know you pull him and you get the next guy in there and it doesn't necessarily mean that the guy that you pulled is no longer the starter and, and it didn't mean that it didn't mean that necessarily, right away when they've done it in the past, and and I don't think it means that now. Um, I think there was kind of mounting pressure for Josh Rosen to be the guy, um, you know, earlier in the year. Uh, but I mean, he played in, in week one against Baltimore, so uh, yeah. so I, I don't know. I don't know if it's uh, if it's that much of a mixed message. I, I see it as sort of a normal thing. Uh, and even even normal to to continue with josh rosen i saw that armando salguero of the miami herald was trying to sort of uh reposition it as a a knowing tank decision to go on with josh rosen even though you know that that um that ryan fitzpatrick was the guy that gave you the chance to win like you brought him in when the game was on the line and he put the game on the line and put the game in in jeopardy for the Redskins and well for those of us who want the number one overall pick as well (laughs) um you know is that a is that a conscious decision toward tanking like I'm going to stick with and and if that's the case might we have the reason we spent a second round pick is just to just to cover our ass just to cover our ass and and Let you know, let everybody have an actual reason why we're going to start an inferior quarterback for 16 games or whatever it's going to be, yeah, 14 games this year. I don't maybe, maybe, maybe that's it, maybe that's uh, that's our cover. And Josh Josh Rosen is just our, our alibi Could be. <laughs> so that, so that we can try and get that, away with this,
2: yeah. We're gonna get to Josh Rosen very, very quickly here, but I wanted to ask you about a couple of other players, Mark Walton nfl running back or this is just a flash
3: flash um i didn't really see anything um in the game i saw i saw some opportunity so listen at the start of the game it was ridiculous the amount of pressure they were getting on josh and to be fair to rosen right the amount of pressure they were getting on josh rosen they were pinning their ears back they saw something on tape and i i can see what they see on tape you know um and and so they were they were going after him hard, and the offensive line couldn't block anybody. I think he was sacked like four times right away. Yeah, let me say
0: that
2: uh, we've talked a lot about Michael Dieter on this podcast. This was his yeah. worst game as a pro.
3: Period. This was awful. This was this was flat awful for him. We can
2: argue about some other games where, uh, especially, I think it was, I don't know which one, uh, which game was it that. I think it was the Dallas game where I, I argued that Dieter was asked to do a lot and did yeah. okay.
3: Yeah, I thought not he did as awful as well. in that game too. <laughs> he yeah. asked, he well, asked to play left tackle yeah. but, uh, in that game.
2: But, yeah, but he no, was I, just awful in this game. He like, was not good. This game made me think, like, uh, you know, we might have to replace him too. <laughs> yeah, that's honestly and –
3: and I've never been really sold on him except, except I just – I want to see him at center before it's all done. But um, but anyway, so the offensive line was doing awful. And the point that I was making about Mark Walton is that because they were pinning their ears back so hard and going after – they smelled blood in the water. They knew what they were doing. Miami actually hit back with some smart play calling and and give Chad O'Shea some credit with some of those screens. I mean, that that's – they hit them back with screens and took advantage – of what Washington was doing and uh, you know I think that Walton was at least the recipient on one of those screens um and you know maybe maybe more than one and so uh so he was I mean they were using him to take some of the the edge off of the pass rush and it was working it was working and then um and and so the the pass rush actually did soften on our quarterbacks after we started hitting them up in some of those ways, but I didn't really see his performance as a great performance for a running back in the NFL. Like, I don't think he's going to go out there and start on other teams. Um, I think that we have a poor situation in Miami.
2: Yeah. A lot of people were saying that, that this proves that he can be a a piece going forward and you know, his numbers are okay in the game, you know, it's Mm 5.3 yards per carry and he caught a few passes. Yep. A couple of blocks that, that stood out, but I think he has a lot to prove. And he might play a lot because Kalen Balaj is in, evidently in the doghouse.
3: Well, he ought to be after the, well, he's the season, an, he's a horrific this season he's had this year. He's had a yeah. horrific
2: season. You know, and, Absolutely. And, and Kenyon and Drake is basically moping a lot out there. Yeah.
3: Well, Kenyon Drake, I think he's in on it.
2: <laughs> yeah that a drop lot of people hated the, the play call there's nothing wrong with the play call people if you watch the patriots over the years no, it was it was, that, it was they run that on the goal line all call. the time
3: yeah and i, I, I thought the uh um, the, the other team they ran the, the old, Super
2: Bowl with James White to tie it at the end of sure. regulation
3: and i think that um i think that i mean this is Chad O'Shea's specialty by the way his specialty his he was in charge of red zone offense in new england so that stuff was his play calling before that was yes. his packaging, yeah. uh and so he reached into some of his old packaging and I give the Redskins some credit too that I thought they played it well
2: they probably had um, it, they probably had it scouted uh-huh. know, it, but the way I look at it is if it's good enough to run in the Super Bowl to tie right. the super Bowl in regulation it's good enough to run in the tool bowl
3: <laughs> no it was a it was a good it was a decent play call i think the Redskins legitimately you know kind of. Had a beat on it. Um, but at the same time, we don't even know whether it would have succeeded or not because Kenyon Drake just flubbed the ball. I, I swear doubts. he's in on
2: it. <laughs> I have my doubts because Isaiah Prince uh, blew the, the. the. He was supposed to. I, I, I think he's supposed to get the cut there, and I think he missed the mm-hmm. cut. So that guy gets off, and I think that guy hits Drake if Drake catches it. So. Well,
3: you know, Kenyon Drake is an Alabama guy. So. Mm-hmm. You know who he wants on the team.
2: <laughs> yes. Well, we know who everybody wants on this team.
3: Right. I mean, that's... Now,
2: if anybody saw Fox, okay, you would have thought that, you know, we had Josh Rosen working in a prison camp for like no money or something here. Yeah. And, you know, some, some people can argue that this is a prison camp. <laughs> okay? Like. The way this team is playing. But I thought it was really unfair to see Terry Bradshaw and Howie Long basically cast aspersions as, as as to what we are doing like if we're doing mm-hmm. something nefarious to Josh Rosen. I'll tell you what I saw. I saw Josh Rosen almost try to kill Preston Williams. <laughs> that was the worst play he's made all year, I think. And first of all, it showed no anticipation. Second of all, it's a it's a, it's a short slant, okay? On the short slant. You mean the
3: pickoff, right?
2: Uh, no, I'm talking about very early in the play. Very very early in the game when they th- when he threw the short slant to Preston Williams and he got absolutely murdered by by Bostick. Oh, okay. And we actually gained a flag on that one. So Oh okay. It wasn't All such a terrible play by Josh Rosen, but you know, I'd prefer that he not kill our wide receiver, you know? Well
3: I thought I thought the one that was worse though was Alan Hearns. And you know, when he that took that was
2: pretty he, bad too.
3: The fourth concussion and now doesn't even remember that game. <laughs> like literally
2: doesn't remember that day, but we are talking about you know it's a it's a short slant it, it's taught the same way in high school and peewee and college in the pros everywhere, twelve inches off of the break that's one foot. he throws it at the end of the window where you're basically asking for personal Williams to just get murdered mm-hmm. now he doesn't he never trusts the play call because he's he has to see somebody college open to be able to throw it and i don't understand why that is Played
3: well you know there was a there was a foretelling of that because and and everybody made this big deal and you you could see how narratives get spun one way or another right and um it's josh rosen is a guy that always asks questions yes. right and um and and everybody was like oh well that that's what you want that means you're intelligent that and, means and what did that, i say
0: and, what did and I say? well don't yeah i mean you, of it
2: <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah, you said coaches, a lot of coaches don't like that shit. Um, yeah. But, I mean, what it, what it told me is that Josh Rosen is often asking questions because he doesn't already know the answers that some other guys do, like or maybe more instinctively. Like he's got to know why a play is structured a certain way and have it really spelled out to him. And I think that coaches at UCLA – I've heard anyway that coaches at UCLA – kind of warned NFL coaches in advance that he might take a while before he really gets your offense like before he he starts to really it clicks with him that it's that he'll take longer than other guys but that once he does he's going to be he's going to be great like he he can he can run the offense he's a very good quarterback um and I think that that's that's what it is I think you're seeing it on the field in in real time uh, his processing and of the of the field is slow, and you're not seeing him uh, anticipate and and really understand everything that's going on out there. But also, I mean, his instincts. Like, if he has to keep asking these questions, then he's not going to know then on the on the field what to prioritize versus a certain look because he doesn't have anybody to ask but himself. Yeah. And, and so, you know, that's that that makes me worried, like asking questions. Yeah. You can spin it into a very good thing. And yes, as a young player, if you're trying to figure out how things working, sure. Ask the questions and that's, that's a great thing, but it also, I mean, if at some point it goes overboard and you're like, shouldn't you already know that?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Isn't it, isn't it funny that I want to say funny, but isn't it instructive that his best plays have come on very simple go routes against single high coverage. Oh yeah, it's, it's definitely the easiest, it's the easiest thing to read. It really
3: is. I mean, it's sort of like we talked about how Jameis Winston has like this great, yeah. great passer rating against man coverage. Yeah, yeah, one forty-four
2: against, against man coverage, and, and then against, against zone, against zone. <laughs>
3: and it's That's like does James guy. just is he just just not able to read a defense what what's going on i i don't think it's that he's not able to read a defense i think that he's got a bad decision making um yeah. clicker in his head uh when it when it comes to when it comes to reading a defense i think he i think he sees things throws it anyway or you know he throws with too much confidence at times and um yeah so it's hey this isn't i don't know um I didn't think that this was going to work from the start very famously. And, and I've been panned for that and whatever, but it's not going, it's not going well, but to, to the, to how he R- or how he uh, long, long and, um and what's his name? Terry, Brad- uh, Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw. Terry. He's getting too old for this. Um <laughs> Yeah. I no I understand what they're going for. Listen, part of the reason I said that the trade was bad is because we're just lining him up to have the same thing happen to him that happened in Arizona, Yeah. Um, which is true, 100%. And we're not going to get a return on investment in large part because of that. Uh, but the other thing is, hey, Ryan Fitzpatrick got in there and scored two touchdowns right away and almost damn near won the game. Yeah. Nothing was stopping Josh Rosen from doing that.
2: No, and I made the point today on on Twitter. The guy that replaced Josh Rosen has not fallen on his face. He's headed toward a possible Rookie of the Year campaign. I don't know if you're keeping up with. Oh yeah, Kyler. Kyler. Maris, Kyler had a hell of a day. Okay. He, first of all, his team's it, his team is two three and one, and it's a bad team. Okay. Yeah, it's bad. Cardinals. Team. They're not. They're just. They're just not good. Now, can can this guy get seven wins out of that roster? Yeah, maybe. No. He's on pace for over 4,400 yards passing, <laughs> another 600 rushing. That's 5,000 yards from scrimmage, guys, for a rookie. And I <laughs> had somebody famously, you know, we know who he is. Okay, I'm not going to mention his name, but he's probably listening right now. He told me that he didn't felt he didn't feel that Kyler Murray was playing all that well this year. Uh, trust me, he's playing pretty good. Okay.
3: Yeah, for for a rookie, I mean, this is. I mean, I don't want. Uh, I don't make excuses for rookies because I By the think way, he has one I fumble. Think, One fumble. I think, yeah. And, and that was supposed to be an issue with him. Right.
2: But, um, and for you Gardner Minshew fans, he has seven, seven. Eesh, that's eesh. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
3: That's, that's tough. It's, I mean that, and people don't tally that enough, like along with the interceptions and stuff like that, because that, I mean that that's costly. Um, yeah. Some of the penalties that they need to be tallied too, but, anyway yeah i think that uh kyler is having a having a pretty good year for a rookie i don't tend to make excuses for rookies because i think that rookie year does say something about what what kind of player you're going to be at that position overall may not say you know we might all interpret it in different ways but i think it is indicative and i think that josh rosen's rookie year was indicative of what he's going to be as a pro uh, just as kyler murray's is this year um anyway it's 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 not looking good for josh right now but it is looking good for us that they've maintained that he is going to be the starter
2: yes because because
3: i said it right away when they went Mm -hmm. to him i said quite frankly since i'm in the tank you know i'm a tank guy the guy i want out there is josh rosen everybody's accusing me well you just don't want josh rosen out there you want your boy
2: fitzpatrick i was like no actually i don't Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I want Josh Rosen out there. Yeah, the last thing you need is for Ryan Fitzpatrick to to just you know get into a groove with Devonte Parker of all people.
3: Well, that's Remember? the thing about Fitzpatrick, right? He, he's going to yeah. have a game or three yes. where it's just perfect. You know, I told you, I felt Fitz Magic is on, yeah. and that's and that's exactly what you don't. You need consistent suckiness, right? You don't need yeah. you don't a need a guy people... showing up and being yeah, magic.
2: Chris a lot of people are probably not qualified to like you know judge these guys in practice. I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm pretty qualified because I've seen them all. I've seen great quarterbacks and bad ones okay I used to love attending practice to watch Dan Marino throw the football. It was absolutely majestic. those Ryan Fitzpatrick practices in minicamp were some of the best quarterback practices I've ever seen. I told you about them mm-hmm. That was when he was really really fat by the way.
3: Yeah, sure. so maybe we that need was a, helping him. Well, well, we need to skinny him up then. If he gets he worse was, when he gains weight, then we need to, uh, yeah. we need he was a him up.
2: wizard in minicamp, a wizard hitting everything and anybody to mm-hmm. the point where I was thinking to myself, oh my God, you know, like this guy's gonna really screw up this tank, <laughs> tank job. And you kind of saw a taste of it yeah. against the Redskins, you kind of saw it. Now, I don't think that we were in danger this week. Okay, we, we weren't. I don't think we are in danger this week.
3: Oh, and going forward. Okay, so the Bills.
2: Yeah, you the Bills are going to be – I think the Bills are, are a good football team. I think yeah, they're, they're
3: genuinely good. good. Uh, although it's a division, you never know. I get it. Yeah
2: but. yeah, but I don't think that Fitzpatrick can pull off his magic against that team.
3: And that's the thing about the Washington game. that ended up scaring me so much in the end is is I didn't – they were bad. Yes. The red the the Washington was really bad this week when I was watching them. I mean, their Case Keenum was missing passes, you know, and having bad and showing bad ball placement and, and stuff. They had a great game other plan, and they had a great and, game
2: plan, and it still wasn't enough.
3: And 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 still, like you look at you look at the penalties that they kept taking, they kept shooting themselves in the foot over and over again. They're bad on special teams. They're bad. Um situationally look at the decision by Callahan to take that 55 yard field goal with a field goal kicker who who can't hit 55 (laughs) you know he can't he that's he can't do that he can't kick from that so instead they gave us a short field in a two score game uh you know in the fourth quarter with plenty of time to to come back and what happened that's exactly what happened they put Fitzpatrick in off of that short field, went down immediately, scored a touchdown, and then you knew it from there. I told Simon I was like, this is happening. he's scoring that other touchdown and there's hell hell won't keep him away from the end zone and that you know that <laughs> yes. next score and then we're kind of back and forth like you know will they go for two I yeah, you know, I think they probably will go for two and and we'll see how it we'll see how it works out and they they went for two, but and luckily it didn't work out. But um, but yeah, I mean, you weren't gonna. It all started with Bill Callahan and his conservative ass coaching, stupid ass coaching decisions at the end of the game. And then, then what you notice on on offense for them, they were generally pretty conservative too. Yeah. Um, from there, and it was just like watching Dave Wanstad or something coach and coach a game uh, at the at the end of the game. They were a bad football team, man. Washington. And I'm not sure if they're, they're gonna win another game.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are uh, they
3: going to win another game?
2: Ah, I don't know. Uh, like, like look at the division. Can they win a game from the Giants? Well, they already played the Giants once and and they got they got killed. And I don't that was, think they can. Uh, and that was a Daniel Jones led giant team. But they did have, you know, Dwayne Haskins come in in short circuit and throw three interceptions. So yeah. I don't know about that one. So maybe that one is in doubt uh dallas evidently dallas is bad now too which is interesting. yeah they're
3: going they're going through it
2: okay dallas has lost three games in a row basically the only three games that they've played against teams that are you know uh competent i would say
3: because i picked the jets to win that game
2: really okay that's that's that's, that's outright that's saying something Uh, although you know i was a little bit nervous when Mm. Lyle collins and Teron smith Tried to go, and then they couldn't go, and they, they were going to play two guys mm-hmm. from their bench at the two tackle spots. But it didn't seem to matter for for the running game all that much. You know, it did its part. It was just that, that defense gave up big plays to mm-hmm. Sam Darnold. So, I don't know. It, so. Well, luckily,
3: it just means that the Jets the Jets are kind of getting rolling, hopefully, a little bit. And oh, so yeah, that Jet
2: team. Me. That Jet team will absolutely murder us twice.
3: Because so. we can't afford – we can't afford to just pop a win off against the Jets.
2: No, no. So that that one I think is is pretty safe. Okay, but the other one is Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati <laughs> loses again. But man, they just don't have that look of you know zero and sixteen, 20, not even one and fifteen. That team fights. And yeah, I mean balance. they fought.
3: They fought against the Ravens, who we just rolled over against. So
2: yeah. So, I don't know. I, I don't know. But, you know, ESPN has us right now at 76% probability for the number one pick.
3: That's that's high. It's not high enough for me to feel great. <laughs> I wanted it at 99.9. 9. Yeah, exactly. I, want it. I won't breathe right until it's over, especially that week 17 game when you know that New England is going to be something like fifteen and O or fourteen. Now they won't be fifteen and O, but maybe they'll be like fourteen and one. Yeah, and having locked up the home field advantage or something like that.
2: I don't know about New England because you know, you know, it's my tradition every year to pronounce yeah, I'm they're ready dead. You know
3: what else is their tradition? Going being to Super Bowl every year, being six and 0. Because <laughs> you know, doubt them all you want, they're six and O.
2: Yeah, but are they going to score three times from special teams and, and their defense every single game? <laughs> you know, what Maybe. I
3: mean? They're on pace, too. I've got, them, I've got their defense, special teams, and fantasy, and that's like my MVP right now.
2: Well, right now it's the best defense in the history of football because yeah. you've got, you got to count for the touchdowns that they score. And good God, that was the worst 35-14 to 14 victory in the history of the NFL because that offense was absolutely incompetent against the Giants. But their defense and their special teams kept scoring. They, they still,
3: to be fair, they got they still got twenty seven first downs on offense and and had four hundred and thirty yards total yards. I mean, boy, Well, their four absolutely. minute
2: offense at the end of the game was was as advertised, yeah. as good yeah. as you know as any other Patriot team.
3: They've had four hundred so they've had over four hundred yards of offense three times this year. This was one of those games, and and this is I mean this, I don't know man that that team. They're, I think they're pulling out all the stops to win one more. That's the, that's what it feels like.
2: And if they're on the way out and we're on the way in, that's pretty well, good for us. We'll
3: see. Tua will have a lot to do with that if he, if we can get him.
2: Yeah, but it would be a great thing to see Tom Brady ride off into the sunset as Tua rides in. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's the, the best scenario. All right, let's do a, let's do a little bit of NFL talk here to on the way out. A couple, Haven't of not we just here. been? <laughs> Yeah, let me. uh, The Chargers are trash. That's evident, right? And they've screwed up our our Steeler pick because that one is getting worse and worse by the week.
3: Well, they've got a lot of injuries. I actually thought the Chargers were going to win that game, so I'm I'm a little sore about
2: it. Yeah. Now another guy, you know, so that pick is you know getting worse and worse every week. But another guy that you know we kind of liked last year, and he's having a rough year, man. There's no way. There's no way you can. There's no way. There's no way to to dress this up. He lost that game on Sunday, and that's Baker Mayfield. Oh, what's happened to him?
3: I don't know. Um, I I wonder if it's a Freddie Kitchens thing, but um, something. Well, okay. So the obvious, the obvious that's happened to him is he doesn't have Oklahoma's line blocking for him anymore. <laughs> um,
2: yeah,
3: and that's that's a bad. That's a bad deal, but uh, but yeah. I mean, when you got Greg Robinson at, at left tackle, then you got a real issue because I've always thought that he should be a left guard right from when he came out. First off, I've always thought he was overrated, even when he was supposed to be like number two overall pick or whatever the hell he was supposed to be, um, because those tackles from, coming from our Auburn don't know dick about pass protection, mm-hmm. um, because that's just not the offense that they that they run with under Gus Malzahn. So they don't, you don't know what they can do in pass pro and you didn't know what Greg Robinson can do in pass pro. And he's had a career that, you know, kind of fits that. And um, so how, how you can have him blocking your franchise dudes, you know, left side or his blind side like that. I don't know. And then the other guy, Chris Hubbard, uh, he's just as bad um if that can be believed i mean it's 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 ridiculous i don't you know it reminds me of the every time i see it, it's, it's like reminding me of our offensive line um yeah. and i know they've got some better players in the interior I like joel batonio and uh, and jc treader quite a bit but it just goes to show you man like you, if you get to a tongue of Ialoa, your work's not done it's just beginning right? Um, be, you, you finally got a, a seat at the at the table, um, and now you actually have to play the game. And and that means that you actually have to build an offensive line, and that's where the Laramie Tunsil thing hurts so much because you'll lose a key cog in that.
2: Yeah, um, and I offered you uh, the other day on the WhatsApp chat, I offered you the quick fix on, on offense, but that quick fix on offense relies on having a, a couple of holdovers that you can rely on, namely Probably Dieter and Jesse Davis. I wouldn't rely on any of them at this point. I yeah, mean neither and, would I. Neither would I. And I kind of my quick fix to, to, for you listeners, uh, my quick fix is very simple. Trade for one, sign one, draft one. Hmm. And and when I say draft one, I'm talking about one in the first round, namely probably a center. Uh Creed Humphreys, you know, is a guy that we like. So yeah. That's probably who makes sense. Maybe Conklin in free agency, and maybe trade for Trent Williams. Who has now confirmed that he's serious about this holdout and he wants out. So he'll be available. He'll be available cheap in the offseason. Maybe. Yeah, I wonder about Trent just
3: because he's so old. And I wonder if they're gonna even entertain that sort of thing because, because of how old he is. Yeah, although um, it's a
2: nice, it's a nice thing to early on in free agency sign a Conklin and then trade for Trent Williams and then go and meet with uh Tuotongaoloa's representatives and say. Look what we're giving you to start your career. We're giving yeah. you one of the best three left tackles in football, and one of the best—I would say six or seven—best right tackles in football.
3: I would consider trading for. I've said this before, um, but the Lane Johnson up in Philadelphia. You I would think consider he's trading too valuable. It, I think they could give him up. I mean, Philadelphia has a has a salary cap situation that's like they they've been running hot. So they've been running in the red salary cap wise for a little bit.
2: My fear is um, that Jason that, Peters is on the way out, and that oh yeah, he definitely the, is. He's naturally going to move to left tackle, Lane Johnson.
3: That's no, I thinking. don't think they're going to move. I don't think they're going to move Lane Johnson to left tackle. I, I he think he did play
2: a couple of games there last year. When yeah, but it, he's, he's
3: resisted. I mean, I don't think he's played. I don't think he's played particularly well there, and I don't think mm-hmm. that. Um, I mean, I I don't see any games that he played there last. I I thought he did early in his career at some point. I'm I'm trying to remember, but actually, as I look through it, um, I'm not seeing any games. Oh yeah, it, it was it was 2015. He he played there and um, just for two games, and they were pretty bad. <laughs> they were they were not good. One of them was maybe you remember it because one of them was against us. Um, yeah, but. Yeah, I, I don't think I just don't see that happening. Um, I think he's you know, he's he's old enough. He's that that's just it just doesn't make a whole lot a whole lot of sense. So they're probably just gonna go ahead and get a left tackle. I mean he's an all pro at right tackle and but he's he's got a big contract and they're running so hot on their uh their salary cap situation that if they were to trade him, um then maybe they could use the proceeds they get from the trade to try and get that left tackle to replace Jason Peters and, and try and um, get the offense in the salary cap situation to make sense. It's something that I could see happening. It's something that I could yeah. see Philadelphia doing with a guy that's, you know, now turning 30 years old.
2: Yeah. This that's year. what I, that's what I think is that that's probably the best case scenario for the offensive line uh, because I don't, yeah, think I that, would,
3: I would trade for him in a heartbeat Uh to, trade to protect Trade for one, Tua. sign
2: one, and then draft one. And Yeah. Now, on the way out here, the last pick, the Texans pick, is getting worse by the day. And well, if you're good. not a Patriots fan, it could end up in the Super Bowl, this pick, because they yeah. just beat the Chiefs in the showdown game. So – what are your? What is your prognostication for this pick? Is it going to be as bad as it is right now, which is slated to be the twenty ninth
3: pick? Well, I said it. I said it before. You know, the first thing I did when they traded for Laramie Tunsil is in my add my fantasy draft right away after that, and I went ahead and drafted like maybe three guys. I think off of the Texans' offense, um, I have Deshaun Watson as quarter at quarterback. Uh, uh, mistakenly I, I have duke Johnson at running back mm-hmm. um you know, although he might he might start to get going now but um but yeah i mean i i think that that's a good move for them, and I think that it's gonna pay off and yeah it's gonna it might have taken a little bit but um but I think that uh I think that that's a team that's gonna go far, and I think that's a good really good quarterback and i I took the Texans in this game, I picked them um to win. And I just thought it was going to be this major shootout between those two quarterbacks. They went in the same class. They went pretty close to one another. Both teams traded up for them. They're both really good quarterbacks. They were both really good quarterbacks coming out. At one point, you know, for as much as I was into Patrick Mahomes for years and years and years, I was like, you know, Sean Watson's almost as good. I mean, he's – Yeah, we were big fans of his. Yeah, so, I mean, they were – one A and B, or maybe one and two, um for me. And so, um yeah, they they had a nice shootout, and I think that sooner or later listen, pick a year, and Deshaun Watson's going to have a year right somewhere yeah. in his career, right? This, the year where they trade for Laramie Tunsil, that seemed to be as, and DeAndre Hopkins is still is still in his prime, and and now they got Kenny Stills and everything like that. I mean, that seems as good of a year as any to be the one that year. You know that year that Deshaun Watson finally does it. So, All that's right. what I think and that's what what's happening right now.
2: All right, and on the way out, uh we can be brief on this. Any interest whatsoever on Cam Newton in trade if we miss out on Tua Tagovailoa. We would
3: have to miss out. We would have to miss out um because uh, we would I, still I, be getting a quarterback anyway.
2: Yeah, I guess I could answer for it for Simon. He said no. He thinks that Cam yeah. Newton is basically done physically. I just keep looking at his age. He's thirty years old. This yeah, supposed to be. He's supposed to be entering his quarterbacking prime.
3: Yeah, except except he does. I mean, he has mileage. He does. He's part of the run game, and you wonder what's going to happen if he's part. Of, well, for one thing, it, it's a bad. It seems like I don't know. It it, it doesn't seem like the right system fit for for. For me but then again who knows Chad O'Shea could adapt um i don't know i it, i guess i would consider it um i'm not shutting it down but and uh, you know you, you got to show me the medicals being all right and that's mm-hmm. that's one thing and then the other thing is i'm still drafting jordan love anyway yeah or you know jake from anyway and um and that's it and that's that's all she wrote like maybe jordan love could learn under him or maybe uh Jake Fromm could.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I would be very intrigued if we did miss out on Tua by Bayaloa. Well I don't
3: I don't want to be of that mindset. Growth mindset.
2: <laughs> yeah. But gladly, you know, we don't have to worry about that as of right now because we won the Tua bowl.
3: We're oh and five. Woo!
2: yes yeah, we're, we're on our way. We're
3: on by our the skin way. of our teeth. By the skin of our teeth, we yeah, should be celebrating. That, was,
2: that game was too stressful, and it shouldn't have been. Way stressful. too stressful. It should yeah, expected, not have been. Like I said, I expected a statement game, and we didn't deliver it.
3: Well, it was going to be. It was going to be. It was looking it seemed that way. like a. It was going to be 17-3. Yeah, and by the uh, way, or and I, then and then like they an might asshole, have scored. Again. Like an
2: asshole, I had the Redskins minus three. Okay. Yeah, and
3: I had them, I had them minus four or minus three and a half. Yeah, so,
2: you know, uh, at the end when they were going for two, I was like, oh, please. Yeah, I know. The, the, um, not only is, am, are they going to win the game, but I'm going to lose my bet. You know, why don't you just kick this extra point so we can lose in overtime and I can win my bet. Yeah. Oh, man. It was. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then I was, was thinking to so myself, stressful. oh, but what if they missed? You know, the And it happened so conversion. quickly.
3: It happened so quickly. Mike Gesicki made a hell of a play at the end there.
2: Yeah, what the hell got into him? He actually made some yeah. physical plays. He actually tried to run a guy over on the sideline. Go figure, you know. Yeah, that he outweighed all that, by all, 60 that, pounds.
3: all that receiving talent that he has and eventually it's you know, the highlight plays that he's been making in practice um eventually come out when he's got a quarterback that'll actually throw it up for him.
2: Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Well, yeah. all right. We give you a pretty meaty episode. We covered every aspect of this game and this past weekend. Hopefully we will have Simon Clancy the next time we talk to you and we'll get into some Joe Burrow's talk maybe. Maybe Tua tonga versus Texas A&M. That was a very interesting game. But that's it. There is no more. Talk to you guys later on this week.
0: Thanks for listening to 3 Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider.